Hey, I'm Mike. Hey, I'm Ethan. I watched the first half of Phantom Thread. I watched the second half of Phantom Thread. And this is, is the, the other, other half. Welcome to another episode of the other half Oscar month. Where we Oscar go through, month. Where we go through all of the best picture nominations that we haven't seen. And this week, we're talking about Phantom Thread, the new Paul Thomas Anderson film, and most likely the last movie that uh, that one actor is going to be in. What the fuck is his name again? Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis. Holy goddamn hell. Man, that was a brain fart there for you, Mike. Oh, my lord. And I'm a big fan of these two. That's the thing. I really like uh, They Will Be Blood. I like Daniel Day-Lewis in most things. Um, I like uh, most of anything Paul Thomas Anderson has done. What other um, things has Paul Thomas Anderson done besides... Uh, well, let me get you started. You know, uh, the Master, which was amazing. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Inherit Vice, which was really good. Okay. Uh, uh, it, one of his first films uh, was Sydney. Uh, it's also been called Hard Eight. Uh, then after that, he made... Uh, uh, oh, God, Boogie Nights. And then after, oh, yeah. Yeah, and then after that, he made Magnolia, which is really oh, good. Oh, wow. So he's made... Man, he's... He's, he's got a good track record. He is really good. Uh, and he was one of those, uh, I think they called him the film brats, because he didn't really go to film school. He just uh, watched a lot of movies and listened to a lot of audio commentaries. And sometimes what you got to do, you just if you care enough, you don't have to go to school. Yeah, that's what Tarantino did. That's what uh, the, the, uh, Robert Steven Spielberg did that, technically. I mean, Steven Spielberg went to college. For like a little bit, and yeah, then dropped out, so. and then was like, I guess I'll come back and submit Schindler's List. Like a <laughs> And then was like, I guess I Yep, he jumped degree. right into Schindler's List. He did. No, he didn't. No, dude, you don't. Rem- you didn't. Have you know this, right? Like he Tell went. Me. He went back to film to, school. He went back to Long- Cal State Long Beach. Really? Yeah, he graduated from Cal State Long Beach. He went back at the age of like older age after Jurassic Park right, and Schindler's right. List. Right. I was like, I'm gonna get my degree finally because I started it and dropped out. Oh wow! And then comes in and they're like, All right, submit your final project. Just oh. drop Schindler's List on there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have. I've, I have heard you tell yeah, the story yeah. before. Yeah. Okay, well, Paul Thomas Anderson baller. hasn't done that. No, oh, um, he shouldn't. He could just go into any film school and just like he goes into any film school, he gets blowjobs from anybody <laughs> in the film department. <laughs> That's probably true because he's an amazing he's an amazing director. He's also a really good writer. He usually writes and directs his own films to, uh, together, and uh, so this is his newest film. It's gotten a lot of Oscar buzz. Um, and That's it. I mean, yeah. The, so I almost feel like I feel like this is a lot more tempered than the other movies. Like I feel like it's I think one of now those... it is. But before it got a wide release, it had only been released in like four theaters, and then instantly it was like, "This is going to be the best picture. This we're going to give all these yeah, awards to everybody." But then it like came out, and everyone was just kind of like, "Man, it's pretty good." Yeah, it's good. Yeah, but like I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to stand out in the, some ways. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. To me, as someone well, who's seen this movie, a little bit of. Uh, Making the the sausage here. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched this last week, yeah. um, so we've had sort of a, a bit longer than a usual. A while to, ref- to think about to it, reflect, reflect on it, and probably lose plot holes. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so how do you feel a week after watching the film? So very interesting thing happened um, before the podcast. Sometimes I go through my notes and kind of organize them a little bit better, which in return gives you guys a more quality podcast. But we some days so. I don't give a fuck and I just throw it out there. <laughs> but this is one of those days I cared. Right, right, right. And I went through and kind of went through most of this list and when I got out of the movie theater, I went, hmm. Mm-hmm. Shit. Hmm. This is one of those movies where I'm too dumb for. <laughs> I don't get it. Oh. But then I went through uh-huh. and like reorganized my notes. Right, right, right. And kind of went through all the plot points a little bit more. Mm. And despite, like, here's the thing. Is I, I didn't feel that dumb because I was like, I don't get it. Right. I'm like, well, maybe there's something in the beginning that explains what happened later on. Right. 
But I went through an ex- and went through the notes and was like, I get what this movie's going for. But, Maybe the earlier context might make me enjoy it more, but now I finally get it. Uh huh. It's still, I don't know. It's still, it's still a weird movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This very much feels like an old person film. Like this, <laughs> this feels like no. You're right. Like if you go into one of those movies, there's a lot of movies that you watch it. Like I feel like Darkest Hour is one of those kind oh, of where it's yeah. like. This is an old person film. Like, it's not, not a bad thing. Not just that this is like directed towards old people, though. I think this feels very much like a director in like the twilight of his life directing a movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's very comfy looking. It's very glamorous. It's very um, quiet. A lot yeah. of people have called this movie ASMR the film. Um, and Oh, you know what? Yeah. That's what was happening to me. <laughs> I figured it out. You're getting the tingles. I was getting those Ethan's tingles. Ethan's a big ASMR guy. I do. I do love me some ASMR. I'm listening. Well, I was thinking about it. Anyway, oh. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that weird part that some people call sexualized. I think it's very wrong in them. You just get the tinglies. Yeah, I get the tinglies. In your pants. And so this, <laughs> and it also feels very Hitchcockian, at least in my half of the film. And I was very curious because yeah. I was watching the first half of this film and I was like, I feel like the movie is going to have a really diabolical or like really crazy or creepy ending because a lot of people have been comparing it to like rebecca or uh vertigo or a lot of these other hitchcock films so ethan is nodding and i'm very excited to hear about all this uh do you want me to start talking about it or go ahead go ahead it it is definitely an ending um oh interesting do you know why this movie is called phantom thread yeah i think so at the very beginning of the movie or near the beginning of the movie he's talking to his uh girlfriend love interest Alma Mm -hmm. and he says that when he was growing up his mom taught him how to sew and she taught him uh and 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 when she died uh he sewed pieces of her clothing or something into his pieces of clothing and so those are like hidden messages or secrets see already with that you're just explaining some shit that happened in the movie really and I finally understand it and it makes it better <laughs> it makes it better that's well you know I it's think crazy we're this deep into this podcast 150 episodes plus <laughs> and we're just figuring it out maybe you should watch the, the whole, whole movie but that's what's so interesting about this film that's what's interesting about this podcast is seeing your face obviously this is an audio medium so you guys it's lost in you guys but for me it's amazing seeing Ethan's <laughs> face get real bright and go oh my gosh i've i've learned a thing about this film now yeah yeah so so makes sense so yeah phantom cloud has been lifted um i thought phantom thread was when you go to a new subreddit and you post something and then just disappears (laughs) because you got automated that's probably also that because this movie takes place in the time of reddit yep (laughs) when does this movie take place Uh, i don't know it's very everything looks very antiquated and old um but it doesn't pop up early there's not a year that pops up this isn't an old person movie an old person movie would have to have that that's true it would say exactly what year they go oh i have a wine from there oh that's when my great grandpappy was alive i'll tell you i am not a fan of those things i though really that's one of my biggest pet peeves in film is when it just sets the year is when a, a title card will pop up with the year i'm not a, i'm not a big fan of it especially if it can be done if it can be done um through story ah uh. or if something in the background like one of my favorite uh instances of subverting this is in the beginning of uh of um uh, zodiac when um, the uh, the whole introduction of the letter, the letter being taken to the mailroom, and there's this reveal of the mailroom, and in the far back, there's a calendar. On the calendar, it says the year. Ah, yeah. That's how you tell that's me simple. what the year yeah, is. That's fine. What about when, is it okay when it, like, times jump? Does it bother you then? Like, when it's like, oh, man, this is a time jump? 
Because uh, I feel like it might get a little cumbersome to always have the it audience. It can be a little confusing. Um, and it, um, there's ways of subverting that. Um, I watched this show called The Missing on Stars. People need to watch this show. I don't know why people aren't. It's really good. But the show has They're this, missing out. They, <laughs> oh, you motherfucker. Um, it's really interesting because it will jump back and forth between like past and present. And the color schemes during well, the two totally, years. Totally, but is I mean that's, that's a classic thing of film. But at some point, was it established when that was originally? Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing is I feel like when you jump, you have to establish yeah somehow like see, solidly with see, a title card. I think it's I fine. agree. I, I, I at the beginning, I agree. Man, this is going off subject, but I real know. quick, in this show, they do a thing where they will flit like flash between time, and they'll even have like a little audio, like a, a you. It's really clever. Not only do they change like color scheme, but the actors physically look different, and like there will be a, a sound difference. Like it is really obvious, and a title card will still pop up telling you. Mm. That's what gets on my nerves when it's like I. See I that. As a normal, I think that a does, rational thinking person ought to know what's, what date it is. Well, but anyway. like like the Americans. You know exactly when they go back in the future or in the past. Yeah, exactly. I don't think um, they ever do it. They, they never. They show never you do, what and it is. it's because they they, they know. respect us yeah. as an audience to know that this is not happening presently. But again, um, I don't mind. I don't mind talking about the beginning one time. This movie, as far as I know, doesn't do it. Well, now we don't know what time it is, Mike. <laughs> so what's better? I don't know. I clearly, I, yeah. And the thing is, it also takes place in like London. So who knows what they have? Who back knows? Then. Who knows at all? Who knows they have democracy? <laughs> who knows where the king is living? I don't know any of that. <laughs> who knows if Big Ben is built? Uh, yeah, Bill. Big Ben probably isn't. Built Where's yet. Winston Churchill in here? He lived for like a million years. That's where we can tell. How old is he? Is he a baby boy? I do know it's after World War II. Okay, so I Winston Churchill was definitely not a baby boy. <laughs> Because there's this whole reference to like Nazi Germany and like okay, after so the war. It's probably in the 50s, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. 50s and, um, well, 50s in the US was super fun and awesome. Mm. 50s in England was like, we got to rebuild everything. Yeah, th- this is a tough time. It very much seems pretty somber, except for in the world of Reynolds. The Reynolds? Reynolds Woodcock. Oh, Woodcock. Reynolds is our main character. He's played by Daniel Day Lewis. And he is drastically different from his character in There Will Be Blood. What? <laughs> you say he changes himself for the role and melts into it? Like, man, I couldn't even see it. Like, he's his eyes are so blue and, like, lovely and wonderful. And his hair is so white. And he's, like, clean-shaven he all the time. white hair? Like, whitish gray in this movie. It was like, it was like sexy Silver Fox. You know it is a bit Silver Foxy. Yeah. Uh, but it's very long, you know. He's always yeah, brushing he long it. Hair, yeah. So, um, Reynolds is an interesting character. Uh, he is a fashion designer, clothes designer. Okay. Uh, and he's like the main guy. He like designs it and he helps. Uh, he's like a whole team of women who sew it all for him. <laughs> he oversees everything. And I think he has a bit of like, like autism or OCD. Maybe. Because he's very sensitive to sound. Especially when working, uh, he needs. Uh, he's very meditative. He's very awkward around people, and he's very. He's he's he uh, is very detail oriented. When he's drawing things, when he's looking at clothing, it's all very precise. And um, man, Daniel Day Lewis plays the character very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read also like he worked with actual seamstresses and people that made. Of clothing. course he did, and he walked around like I could sew that for you. I could fix that. Yeah, and like it, it's cool. It's really cool because the one thing about that is he did a lot of sewing, and so when you see like zoom ins on his hand, you can see like little marks on his. Thumb. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's like I don't well, know. hand sewing too because there no, I don't think there were sewing machines back then. I didn't see any sewing machines. It looked like it. But maybe it was just hand. that. Yeah. 
Maybe it might just... also be just Reynolds wanting it to be yeah. Yeah, hand, hand sewn. Uh, anyway, so, uh, but the movie doesn't open with him. The movie opens with Ulma. Oh. And she is in a room, and this, this is the part I'm very curious about. It's a framing device, which shows that this is after the events of the movie that we're seeing. So Ulma is telling a story to a man in a room with a fire going. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right. That's what I like to see. All right. And it all opens up with her talking to the man. She says, I have given him what he desires most, every piece of me. He is demanding. Now, from this moment, I'm like, okay, is he, like, taking pieces of her skin and, like, sewing it into clothing? No. Like, okay. It's not that it's not that weird. All right, all right. So anyway, so he learned about Woodcock. He makes clothes. Um, he says he doesn't have time for confrontation, especially in the morning during breakfast. And um, he no longer seems to care about um, this woman named Joanna, who I think she thinks that he's still in love with her. Um, we also meet his sister, Cyril. Okay, his sister. Sister. Um, for the longest time, I had no idea who she was. And I was like, uh, uh, probably sister? Yeah. Same age? Can't be like wife. Mm-hmm. Um, must be sister. Mm-hmm. Okay. We learn that she's very protective of him. She basically, her or she basically is like right hand person, uh, oversees everything, and um, is the only one that's able to like really talk to him and communicate with him. Um, and uh, she give. Uh, so anyway, Reynolds has made the this dress for this woman named Sarah. I don't know who she is. Sure. And uh, he's she says every after everything we've been through. This will give me courage. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but it's <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting. So then we talk about Joanna. Um, uh, uh, what is it? What, what, uh, Cyril says that Joanna is waiting around for him to fall in love with her again. And he's, uh, but uh, Reynolds can't be bothered by that. And he starts talking about his, their dead mother. And he's like, I've been feeling her around. I can smell her. And it's really comforting thinking that, you know, she's able to look down at us from heaven. You know, that's really comforting to me. It's not spooky at all. And wait, but wait. If you can smell her, she ain't looking down in heaven. She's in the house. <laughs> all right. She's the phantom. You motherfucker. Is that really what's going no. on? Is there some corpse of the mom? Is this like psycho no, or some no, shit? No. All right. All right. I'm, I see. I, there's some creepy going on here, and I'm trying to figure it out. Not yet. All right. I'll say that. Next scene. Um. So, uh,. Cyril's like, hey, Reynolds, why don't you go to the countryside, go to our uh, house, clear your head. So he's like, all right, I'll do that. So he uh, does this thing, which I, it's, man, think about Paul Thomas Anderson. He knows how to work with actors. He is an actor's director. Mm-hmm. And there are just really weird, minute things that this character does that I love so much. So like when he enters the restaurant, he sits at a table for two, but he puts his coat on the other chair across from him and then sits down in another chair. And it's like, I've never done that. And I've never seen anyone do that, and I love that because it's a great economical use of space. And I don't know, like, have you ever done that? Like, put your your fucking jacket on the chair sitting across from you, and that just implies like I don't expect anyone to sit with me. I just want to be left mm. alone, as opposed to putting it next to you, yeah, or putting it on your chair. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's interesting. It was a nice little. Well, thing. then you're putting your couch on a bunch of people's butts, so I don't know if I'm cool with that. That's a good point. <laughs> Uh, so then uh, this awkward waitress comes in. We learn that she's Ulma. 
and uh, he, uh, she comes over to mm. order from him, and he's like looking over her, like he's like really like fascinated by her, and he orders for himself, and his order is like really long, like he's got a ridiculously long order. Is this something that continues, where he has like really specific mm. long orders of things, and it's like how the fuck can you eat all that stuff? You're like as thin as a rail, <laughs> and so then she like writes it all down. And then he goes, are you going to remember that? And she goes, yeah, of course. And he goes, can I keep that then? The thing, you know, you writing my menu down? And she's like, yeah. And she gives it to uh, to Reynolds. But now the cooks won't know what they want. <laughs> I know, right? But he takes it. And he's like, I'm going to keep this, your handwriting. And then he does. And then afterwards, he asks if she wants to go out with him. And she accepts. And so they go down. Is that creepy? It's a little creepy. Okay. Just want to make sure because I was like, that sounds creepy. Is it shot? I don't like, I mean, probably isn't shot that creepy. No, it's, it, it, the thing about it is. Another thing I wanted to like you've never seen Vertigo, right? No. My it's biggest shameless. Biggest problem with Vertigo is that they've casted like a 70-year-old man uh played by uh the the guy from Mr. Potter. Oh yeah. Him. He's the guy, right? And he is like in a relationship with like a fucking 20-year-old lady and it's not shot in a way that it's supposed to be creepy at all and it feels really weird and uncomfortable. But in the movie, this movie does exactly the same thing. But God damn it, the way that, you know, that Reynolds is, is acting and the way his <laughs> eyes look, he's a charming guy. Like you can. He seems very unassuming and very seems, innocent. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like foreboding or predatory at all. Yeah. It's really nice, um, especially later on when he starts like acting like a bit of a jerk um, when, you know, when the later things start happening. Mm -hmm. So they go out to dinner together. And it's gorgeous. And he wipes lipstick off of her lips because he wants to see who he's talking to. And. Um, then we mentioned that he, it's mentioned that he hides things in his clothes. He he he's uh, got a lock of his mother's hair in his breast pocket to keep her close, like in the pocket itself, or is it like sewn sewn in? into the oh, pocket, okay. breast pocket. It's like you could lose that. How does he wash it? I must. I if hair gets smelly if you wash it. Anyway, continue. <laughs> well, there's only one way to find out, guys. If you want to send in a lock of your hair that we can sew into our clothing, I will sew it in. I have the skills. I have the means. You do. Ethan's a, a big sewer over here. Seamster. Oh, I uh, I've been wanting to know about that. This movie has a lot of sewing scenes. How'd you feel about it? I think the thing that's interesting about it is um, they don't use sewing machines. That shit seems like a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. Hand sewing sucks. Did it look and like? It makes sense why they have like crazy ass amounts of sewers. Like there's probably at least like 15 people working on the oh, one a dress. Lot. Yeah, 16 to work on like one piece. Mm -hmm. And it's like all just doing it all by hand it's like that must be like that's how they had to do like fancy dresses like that but like man that, it seems like uh, a lot of work especially for so many people uh -huh. that's a lot of coordinating though oh absolutely that's like something you don't have to really worry about yeah so next scene uh he's taking her back to his place and uh we are introduced to blackwood who's his old nanny and he's, Woodcock and Blackwood, huh? Yeah, his na her name's Blackwood, and he's, like, constantly saying, like, she... Uh, so, um, Reynolds's and Cyril's mom uh, had just gotten a divorce, and she was getting remarried, and so uh, Reynolds was sewing her a new dress, a new wedding dress, and Blackwood didn't want to help sew the dress because apparently it's bad luck to sew wedding dresses because if you do, you'll never get married. And then Reynolds is like, but of course she never got married because she was so fucking ugly. <laughs> That sounds right. <laughs> it was really great. So then um, it's also revealed that Cyril never got married either, his sister. Hmm. No one's ever really been married. So wait, what's the marriage situation with uh, Reynolds? Uh, Woodcock. Reynolds. 
Is that his real name? Okay. Reynolds is his first name. They Woodcock only refer to him as Woodcock in my, in my half, so. Like. Okay. So, thing is, Woodcock is his last name. So, there's Sarah Woodcock and Reynolds Woodcock. But Right. That makes sense. Okay. I see why you're doing that. So, anyway. Uh, but, but, but Woodcock. He never, he's never been married? Never. Okay. He even says he's certain he's never meant to marry. He says he's incurable. And he says he knows he's strong. And that getting married will make him a weak person. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and then he asks uh, Oma to help him model a dress for him. And he wants to make a dress for her. And so he, like, puts a thing on her body. And he's, it's all very, it's all shot very, like, lovingly and adorable. And then Cyril walks in. And she sort of arrives and she smells Oma. And it's really weird. And then Cyril sits down and writes Oma's name down on a piece of paper. And then starts writing down her measurements as Reynolds comes over and measures Oma's body. As you have to do. As you have to do when you're making a dress for somebody. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, Reynolds immediately, like, up to now, Reynolds has been, like, a perfect gentleman. He's been very nice. And as he's measuring Elma's body, he says, huh, she has no breasts. And then, obviously, she's, like, embarrassed by this and is, like, apologetic. And she's like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. And she seems, like, really self-conscious. And Reynolds is like, no, no, you're perfect. It's my job to give you breasts if I choose it. It's like, that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So then um, Cyril says that Alma is the ideal shape because that, like, that's, you know how everyone's like, oh, models have to be thin because they're basically, like, you know, uh, the mo- they're literally models wearing the clothing. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so Cyril's like, that's why your body is perfect. Like, you might think that you don't have an ugly body. You might think you have an ugly body, but your body is perfect for modeling his clothing. Plus, he sa- she says he always likes a little bit of tummy. Which I guess you know. All this my seems. Mm, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like this. It's like, yeah, it's okay that you're like a little fat. Like I like that you're a little fat, sort it's, of thing. It's a little weird, but again, Cyril's the one that says it, so she could be saying it as a way of like trying to, because there's uh, there's okay. clearly I, tension I'm, between Alma and Cyril. That makes sense. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought he said that. He, the, oh, he's only mentioned that she doesn't have boobs. Ah, that's all that he's ever said. So Alma has, uh, there's narration because, again, she's talking to the guy. She says that she never liked how she looked, but now she feels perfect because in this world you can have, like, strong arms and, like, a bit of a tummy and no boobs and look gorgeous, you Mm -hmm. know, because that's what this whole thing's about. Um, Reynolds has been looking uh, for her for a long time, he says. Uh, You know, he's like, I've always been looking for someone like you. And Alma says, whatever you do, do it carefully. And that, I love that line. And then her dress is complete, and he says that she looks beautiful. And what color's dress? It's like red, mm, reddish. Okay. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. It's like a d- deep red. So then he takes her back to his house, and he gives her her own room next to his. Again, a perfect gentleman. Hmm. Um, and even though Alma seems like excited by this, like wanting to like be in the same room with him, she's like, all right, great. And then... Uh, oh, Alma says also, no one can stand as long as I can. That's what makes her a good model. Like, she can just stand there forever while oh, okay. he's putting clothing on her. Uh, next scene. Alma doesn't... Oh, man, this part was really great. So Alma's standing there, and uh, he's banking a dress on her, and she's like, I don't like the way this material looks. And Reynolds is like, oh, well, you just don't have taste. And Alma's like, well, uh, maybe I have my own taste. And Reynolds says, well, uh, maybe you have just good enough taste so that you don't get in trouble. And then almost like, well, maybe I want to get in trouble. And then Reynolds is like, stop! <laughs> like really loud and angry. And it actually kind of shocked me. And then they go home and they bang. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> like you do. 
As you do. So next scene, next morning, Reynolds is working and he's at breakfast and Oma comes in and starts noisily making food. And Reynolds is very annoyed by all this because she's like making bread really loudly and clinking glasses together. He likes quiet. He loves quiet, especially in the mornings. That's what Cyril says. True. And Reynolds is, starts chastising her, saying, you're moving entirely too much. You're moving way too much. And then he storms out. And Cyril's like, well, maybe you should eat breakfast at a different time or in a different room. And Alma says, I think Reynolds is just too fussy. So the beginnings of something. So next scene, she knocks on Reynolds' door mm-hmm. and she's like, hey. What's up? What's up? Stop! <laughs> he says, I'm working. Ah. And then Cyril walks by the and room. They bang. Opens oh, up wait, the oh. door. <laughs> <laughs> Cyril bangs. <laughs> oh, Cyril just shows up and enters. But she does give like a knowing look at Alma like. See, I can come into this room. You can't. Ooh. There's there's a oh, dynamic mm, going on. Okay. It's pretty great. Next scene, there's a fashion runway show, and it's taking place in a house, and um, Reynolds is looking at Alma through a little peephole. Very reminiscent, again, of a Hitchcockian shot from uh, uh, Psycho. Or Porky's. <laughs> Same quality film. Same idea. Yep. Yeah. Man, you know what? I've never seen Porky's. I just know the DVD art. Me too! <laughs> Oh, boy. Next scene. They are in a car together, and Reynolds is obviously very upset. I don't know why. Next scene. Oma says that he can be a spoiled baby when he's working, but when he's all done working, he's tender and he's open. And um, I wrote again, she's talking to someone by firelight. I don't know why she's doing that. It seems very strange. Uh, But in this scene, it's also revealed that Reynolds is there. He's just in another room. Like, Ah. so that's a thing. Next scene, um, she brings him tea. He is annoyed because she is interrupting. And then Alma collects a bunch of mushrooms. And this scene, I only wrote down that because in this scene, it's revealed that there's some mushrooms on the property that are good to eat and there's some mushrooms that are poisonous. Mm. And I'm like, I wonder if that will come into play. Sure does. Oh, interesting. Next scene, breakfast. Alma is now preparing breakfast quietly and Ah. quite far away from Reynolds. That's Cyr- when that ASMR comes in. That's right. Yeah. And then Cyril tells Reynolds that he's been invited to a wedding, a wedding of some Aunt Barbara or something. And Reynolds is visibly upset. And he's like, I wish you hadn't told me this at breakfast. And uh, apparently, but whoever's wedding it is, is paying for the house that they're currently living in. So that's why he has not only to attend, but he has to make a dress for her. So this lady shows up and she's like, I know I'm ugly. And she keeps like fucking with the dress while he's trying to make it for her. And he's like, I'm trying to make a beautiful dress. Stop touching the dress, please. And um, and she, he's like, it's my job to make you look beautiful, even if you are ugly. And he, she basically forces him to go to the wedding. And then he's at the wedding, and she's drunk and very sad and falling over the place and using her dress like a fucking napkin. Oh, jeez. And Alma is visibly upset. She is like, I cannot... She does not belong in that dress. A dress this beautiful doesn't belong here. And at first, Reynolds is like, don't cry. This is, we're in public. This is upsetting. But then he immediately agrees with her. So they go to where uh, Barbara is staying. She's been passed out. And they go in and rip the dress off of her passed out body and leave. Um, and then they make out with each other. Nice. And Alma says that she loves him and he doesn't say anything back. Next scene, oh. royalty has arrived. And he's making a dress for this uh, wedding for this lady. And I, th- I think this lady... Princess, I believe. Yeah, a princess. She's French, I think. It might be, yeah. And Alma like, introduces herself to the lady. And the lady just acts like Alma's like, an employee when really she lives in the house that this lady is in. Mm. So next scene, Alma says she wants to make Reynolds a gift. 
She says she wants to cook him something, and she wants everyone out of the house because she wants it to be a surprise. And Cyril advises against it because Reynolds doesn't like surprises, and it's at that point that I left the theater. And it's now your turn. Ah, interesting. Okay, so... um... All right, yeah. So where I came in Uh is uh, the point where the first thing I see is um, this lady... Uh-huh. And he's talking to her and I'm like, "Who's this lady?" And he says, "Oh, your dress came out really nice. She's got a red red uh, red dress Ooh, on." Oh, interesting. And it is uh it, you know, of course it's our our good friend Woodcock. Of course. I'm oh, sorry. Reynolds. Reynolds. <laughs> Reynolds and Alma talking. Mm-hmm. And uh he keeps asking, "Where's this other lady?" I don't know who this other lady is. <laughs> so did you left. And you know what? I think that other lady must be a sister. Cuz he's wondering why the house is so empty. Now nah, there you go. And he says, "Okay." I'm going to go have a bath. And she's like, okay, I have something special for you. And uh, so he gets a bath, and then he says, like, okay. And she says, so, are you, so how do you think that appointment with the princess went? He's like, he's like she says, well, you make him a, her a, dreading, a wedding gown? Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I made her coronation, her um, baptism dress. I made her, like... You know, if she had a quinceanera, I made that dress. Like, I can't remember all the things you made. But, <laughs> you made a dress um, for everything. Everything. So, of course, I'm going to make her all the dress. It only makes right. sense. He kind of, like, says it like stupid idiot sort of thing. Right, right, he right. He seems kind of annoyed. Right. Um, and then she sits down, and they eat dinner. And she prepared a dinner for him, and it's all quiet, and there's nobody in the house, as you mentioned. And Did he she sa- poison it? No. Okay. So, um, she included... Uh, that's interesting, because I bet that would have been some tension... Yeah, while you're watching this, but me, I was just like, oh, I'm just eating, <laughs> just eating dinner. <laughs> and but there's a little bit of tension because um, he's eating the asparagus and he's eating it, and then he grabs a, the salt shaker and puts a shitload of salt. And I'm like, dude, this guy's got some weird tendencies. <laughs> yeah. And she looks at it and she's like, do you enjoy the asparagus? And he says, yeah. And she says, you're lying to me. Why are you lying to me? And then he immediately yells at her and says, you know, I prefer um, my asparagus with oil and salt and not butter. And I'm like, that's such a minor thing. But anyway, <laughs> he's in my... I hate your asparagus. <laughs> I eat it up. <laughs> I would eat it up if you prepared it properly. Probably. <laughs> Instead, I'm going to leave it there to rot. <laughs> uh, but he says he admires his own gallantry, which is a big word. Ooh. And that he's even bothering to eat it. Oh. Damn. Uh, so then Alma gets mad and says, why am I even here? Why am I even ar- waiting around here? And he's like, whoa, what the heck? He's like, what is this? What are we doing? And I'm like, I didn't know what he was referring to, the fact that this whole thing was a surprise. Yeah. But uh, she says, I'm just waiting around here for you to tell me to leave. He's like, what? This feels like an attack. What is this? An attack? Is that why you got everyone out of the house? Oh, my God. And he says, no. And um, it's like, why did you want this? He's like, I just wanted some time with you. You're always so busy working, but you just sound like you're just waiting for me to leave. And he says, why are you so mean to me? Whoa. And then she says, why are you so mean to me? Oh, or maybe she just said why she's holding to me. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, he gets mad. He's like, "What? Are you some assassin sent to kill me?" And all sorts of, like crazy shit because it's, it's established almost like foreign, right? Like she's not. Oh, uh, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah, she's not from. Uh, it didn't London. seem. It didn't seem to like come up though. Well, he got this. real mad and says, "Why don't you just fuck off back to where you came from?" Whoa! And I'm like, damn. And then it's like, "Why don't you be an assassin to kill me?" And then the next scene is her in the kitchen quietly. We're with some mushrooms, baby. Oh, she shit! She with some mushrooms. And the mushrooms are in that book that says... Did you read, so how they reveal that there's poisonous and non-poisonous? Someone just said, watch out for those mushrooms oh, okay. are poisonous. Well, she's looking at a book that says poisonous mushrooms and how to work, use them. Oh, my God. So... Oh, my God. Uh, almost just messing around. You don't know what she's doing. She's just messing around with uh, some mushrooms, but then she gets yeah. a little thimble of it. 
puts it in some soup. Oh my god! And uh, there you go. So um, that puts some other lady, which is her his sister, mm-hmm. and his sister saying, uh, "Why don't you just let her Alma leave if you don't like her? Like, what what are you doing?" You right. Know? And he says, "You know, I don't know." She says, "I'll do it if you don't want to." He's like, "No, you know." I'll stay a, lo- a little bit, but you know, you're kind of pissed me off. She's like, You don't pick a fight with me, or you'll be the one on the floor. Cool. So his sister says, and I'm like, Oh, wow. She's, she's very powerful, this whoever this lady is. Yeah. Cyril is like crazy. She doesn't give a shit. Yeah. She don't care. Um, so cut to everyone. They're still in the dress, and um, Mr. Woodcock's distracted by something. And obviously, I can tell it's this argument that he had. And so many ladies all sew in the dress, plus Alma's standing there. Why is she standing there? Is she helping? Sometimes like, she models. Sometimes she just okay. stands around. So she she stands doesn't around, know how to sew. Okay, I was gonna say because she is in a dress or, or like a, the kind of uniform they're wearing. Uh huh. So I was wondering if I thought she was like, oh, cool. She's, so he's banging one of her like one of his like understudies. No, nah, man. No, completely out of the blue. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So he comes down. He inspects the wedding dress that's basically finished on a mannequin. Mm-hmm. He goes, "Well, good work, ladies. It looks really good, except the fact that." actually quite ugly but you guys did good work it's one of those things where it's like you guys did good work but like i'm just not happy with how it came it out it was it was my fault yeah properly. and then he just kind of like coughs a little bit and then falls over on the mannequin what falls over the mannequin and alma rushes to his aid and they go upstairs and he starts throwing up and he's like in uh yeah they went back downstairs everyone's like he fell over on the mannequin so he ruined the dress he like broke it he broke some parts off of it they had to clean off so like cut out some parts with some like boot stains, his boots hit it, so the um, boot polish got on it. Oh no! So everything's all messed up. Oh god! And uh, he gets in the bed after throwing up, and is like, you know, I'll be down shortly soon. I just never felt this way before. I think I'll feel better after throwing up. And uh, the sister comes in, and she's like, "Dude, you look sick, dude." <laughs> That's and, what she says. Yeah, she's like, "Bro, chill." <laughs> Bro, you, uh, y'all, bro, bro, you got, did you go for a fucking kegger last night? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> What's up, man? You can't hang? Falling out of your own dress? <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking not chilled, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta step up with my level, bro. <laughs> uh, so, and uh, he says he's never felt any as sick like this before. Right, right, right. And so the sister asked Alma to leave. leave. Mm-hmm. And to go downstairs, mm-hmm. but Alma refuses to and insists by staying by his side. Okay. Um, so all the other ladies downstairs trying to fix the dress back up. Right. Alma says she's taking care of um, Reynolds, but the sister comes in and is like, "I called the doctor." And um, you know, just basically said like, "You have to take, you have to take him in. You have mm-hmm. to let him, the doctor see him." And the doctor's like, all right, I'll come in. Oh, God, are but they going to find out that he got poisoned? Nah. Uh, so um, Alma's like, no, 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 no. Don't come in here. Don't check it out. You know, he's sleeping. He needs his sleep. And the doctor's like, I want to come in. And he comes in. He says, hey, how you feeling? And the was like, fuck off. I don't want anyone touching me. And he's like, all right, well, he's at least talking. Um, <laughs> and that's about it. That's about it. He leaves. One interesting thing is finally some guy's smoking. Which connects all the Oscar movies together so far. <laughs> the doctor smoking. There we go. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, so, <laughs> so they they realize they got to fix this dress. It's got to be ready by nine a.m. to be shipped off. Mm-hmm. So everyone has to work overtime and all night. 
And Alma goes downstairs after uh, Reynolds falls asleep and starts working on trying to do some pins and like things, like little minor things she can help with. And I understand she couldn't sew, so I'm like, wow, she really isn't doing any, any anything work. helpful. Yeah, yeah. Why is she in this job? <laughs> um, but then she finds a little thing in the dress. It's a little note that says, "Very cursed," which I'm pretty sure might be a typo I wrote down. <laughs> And I might have messed it up because a lot of things were happening. I didn't know how important this thing right, was. Right, but there right. was something sewn into the dress. And that must have been his phantom thread. His phantom threads. Yeah. He says he writes names and stuff. In oh, okay. Yeah. Names, words, so phrases. Maybe he, yeah. But I think I'm pretty sure you might have said very cursed or something like that. Interesting. Which is weird, but I could be completely wrong. <laughs> it's an asterisk. I will big look asterisk it up. There. Yeah. You know what? Look that up. Go ahead. Um, so now Mr. Woodcock's tripping out, bro. He's seeing some lady in a wedding dress across from him and asks who she is. This is why I asked you. What? What? This is why a, I asked A woman you, in a lady dress? Uh, did I say wedding lady dress? It, no, you said a wedding dress. Okay. I'm just a dummy. Okay, so I'll make sure. <laughs> Could have been you or me. It's hard to tell sometimes. No, no, no. Um, yeah, and so I, that's why I asked. Was she married? Was he married beforehand? And you no. said no. It's okay, his mom. so it must be his mom. Yeah. Um, his dead and mom. And he says like all these things about like, I wish you were here. I miss you so much. I want to tell you everything. Like, I feel so sad and alone. Like, alone. I want to tell you about everything. Oh, my God. And um, then Alma comes in, and it's interesting because she's walking around while he still sees her in the background, his mom, and goes through and checks this, like, oh, your fever's going down. She just feels his head. Fever's gone down. I'm like, how did they do that back then? <laughs> I guess it's less. Yeah. Um, and that's it. The next day. Um, Never cursed. Never cursed. That's the opposite very of different very, from very, very cursed. <laughs> All right, I'm glad you looked that up. You're welcome. That makes much more sense. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> Inflammable is flammable. <laughs> Pretty much. Anyway, so and. Uh, so next day, Woodcock mm-hmm. comes down and checks the dress and is like, wow, you did it all. It's good. And mm-hmm. wakes up Alma, who's on who's on the couch. She okay. slept on the couch because she was so tired of taking care of him and also trying to help with the dress. Right. He wakes her up and says, you know what? Having that like almost near-death experience, because he was really sick. Yeah. He was super sick. He's like, you know what? I, I love you. I love you a lot. <gasps> oh, my God. And I never want to be without you. <gasps> Will you marry me? He says he's so sad. And a house, it, he's so sad that he never changes, and he's very stubborn. He acknowledges that, and he says, a house that never changes is a dead house. And then he proposes to her. Oh, my God. And asks her to marry her. What does she say? She just sits there for a, a very long time, doesn't say anything. Oh, my God. Oh She's God. Like, he's like, are you going to say anything? <laughs> and she says, she just laughs and says nothing, and then says yes. And then she asks, will you marry me? He says, yeah. That's, that's how it, it works. That's how it works. That's how it goes. That now they're getting married. It's a two-way street. <laughs> that's how it works. Um, boom, they're married. Whoa! That's the next scene. They're getting married. And they have a honeymoon. They go eat some good food. They have fun at a ski resort, the Alps. It's a good time. And it's, you know, honeymoon phase. Honeymoon, honeymoon phase. Oh, they're going to bang? And then, no. And then, then now it's Christmas time. And Christmas time, it's much later. And um, they're at a Christmas party. And they run into the doctor, the same doctor who was called earlier. And because apparently it's a sister knows someone else's grandson or something like that. Okay. Might have been someone you meant earlier, but I honestly have no idea. It's probably the, because uh, there was a grandson of the lady that got drunk and was at the... Godson, something like that. She's older, yeah. right? Yes. Okay. That might be her then. Um, 
And he says, I apologize for the way I acted to you last time. Like, well, I'm you glad go. you're better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I'm getting sick now, too. I, I've, been, I've actually been poisoning Ethan with no. mushrooms. <laughs> but My no. protein shake was poisoned. <laughs> How will I ever get swollen now? You don't want me to look that good, do you, Mike? <laughs> I just want you to marry me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to wake up and be like, all right. <laughs> but then I'll be a lot of trauma because you're already engaged. So. That's true. It'll be, it'll be a... It'll be a... It'll put a strain on this house. A dead house never grows or some <laughs> shit. It's a dead townhome never grows. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, what happened next? Uh, but then, so that one lady who's the god mama. What's the word? <laughs> god mama? <laughs> Okay, when you're <laughs> that's my favorite godson. movie's God Mama's house. <laughs> when you're not the godson, yeah, you're something else. The Godfather. No. So the you're godmother. the god. So you're the godmother. Yeah, you're the godmother. I don't know why I said godmother. I don't know why you went with. Sounds like mama. a good swear. God Mama. God Mama. <laughs> I like it. I'm gonna use that now. I can't wait. Uh, um. So, he says you got the your your wife has this, the first marriage glow. And you know what? My godson's enjoying it too. And it's like, what's going on? What the fuck? I don't know. Um, Maybe that means like her godson just got married and he also has a new nope, marriage club? Nope. He just likes it. He just likes it. Uh, He's into her. Uh. And so he suggested to uh, Alma, why don't you go to the gala I'm having on New Year's Eve? It'll be fun. And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, you could bring your husband. It'll be fun. Like, it'll be a great time. Mm. She's like, I don't know. He doesn't like those sort of things. And he's like, well, you'll have a great time. Trust me. And um, this weird lady, this the god, the godmother, the godmama, the godmama, right, keeps sewing like seeds of stress to woodcock, kind of like saying like you know Alma's not that great, really all stuff. So um, woodcock and talking. woodcock and Alma is playing some blackgammon, mm-hmm. and uh, Alma's getting pissed because she's losing. And woodcock's <laughs> like, you know what? It's more fun when you ha- when you win. And I'm like, wow, what a dick. <laughs> And she says, she's like, I hate this game. I'm leaving. So she goes and does something else. And then she's like, fine, my next opponent. I guess it's just like a black gammon like galley where everyone just comes in and just plays black gammon and like, I beat you. Now face my next challenger. <laughs> it's like before online yeah. matchmaking. That was it. Like that was what you could do. <laughs> online matchmaking? Yeah, with video games. Oh, it's like, like, like meeting people. Oh, you know what? They have that too. It's like, it felt like speed dating with blackgammon. <laughs> okay, Ethan, I can't have you keep saying. I keep saying blackgammon. Yeah. Dag damn it. It's backgammon. I know it's backgammon. I've had that corrected to me multiple times, but ever since I was a child, I kept saying blackgammon. You have been saying blackgammon this whole time. Because blackgammon, there's one piece of black, and I'm like, maybe the blackgammon is. That's why it's called blackgammon. I got the red, the red and the black team. You said it so many times. I was so worried I was wrong. No. Like, have I been saying I'm it wrong all my life? I am 100% wrong. <laughs> I keep saying black gammon even though it's back gammon. It's back gammon. It's one letter difference. It's just it's, one letter, but, but I, it means the whole world. It means everything, and I keep messing. Ugh, it's <laughs> it's so my shame. Oh, no. I literally learned about this like a year and a half ago or something but like you've that. you've been saying it wrong? Yeah. Is that the worst? Oh, it's the worst. The whole time. And like it's one of those things where people, I either, you know, I do, I slur my words sometimes. No. Even while, <laughs> shut up. Even while sober. <laughs> And uh, previous episode not included. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So you know, some people probably heard me say blackgammon, (laughs) and it sounds like I'm just saying 
backgammon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's and, what I thought the first time. Yeah, I was the like, first time you, 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 you right. if I say it once, you know, oh yeah, I don't know how to play backgammon. People will be like, I probably doesn't know how to play backgammon. <laughs> They're not gonna correct me on that. Right, right, right. Like, right. also, no one's an asshole enough to say one word wrong and be immediately correct you. It's only after you do it multiple it. times. Then you then you look it up on your phone and bring it up to me I like have some to... sort of asshole. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's fine. I know because it's like the first time you said it, I was like, I'm pretty sure he said backgammon, and then you said it a second time. I'm like, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. And then it's... I said it a third time, and you're like, I don't know. Uh, this sounds weird. Like I've never heard anyone else call it blackgammon before. It's not right. <laughs> it's wrong. I just saw the black pieces and was like, I guess that's probably what it's, it's called, called as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's the one playing... game I never learned how to play. Anyway, <laughs> it eludes me <laughs> because just of its like name. its pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so they're playing blackgammon. Yes, whatever. <laughs> whatever they're playing, some game with like pointy pieces. spears or whatever pieces. Um. And his next opponent is that lady who just says, wow, she's rude. I didn't want to say this, but maybe she's just for because she's a foreigner. You know, she's rude like that. I'm like, geez, who is this lady? Okay, so another thing I wanted to bring up, and I didn't think it was going to come into play. She apparently was really weird during World War II. She did really weird, schemey shit during World War II. Like, is it like, was it? Like almost like kind of yeah like Nazi shit. Also, oh, she's a Nazi. Like kind of a Nazi, yes. Ah. Like I think she's, she's like ah, if it gets taken over, it'll be fine. I think she sold like dummy passports to Jews, and like Wait, fuck, isn't that a good thing? No, dummy ones, like fake ones. Oh, and then they got in trouble. Oh, yeah. I thought it'd be like so you can get out of Germany and like uh, no. pretend you're not. I think she there. sold dummy ones, and then when the like the Nazis saw them, they're like, all right, you're going straight to the front of the line. Oh. <laughs> you're going straight to the the gas chamber. Oh no, I know that's bad. Yeah. Anyway, mm. so so this lady's terrible. So yeah, she's got a history of being a bad person. <clears throat> okay, cool. But she's continuing that streak. Yeah, get any better? Nope. So now it's New Year's Eve. Okay. And Alm was like, let's go dancing at the sweet gal I was told about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mr. Reynolds. Or sorry, just Reynolds. <laughs> he Mr. Reynolds, yeah. He's set in his ways. Yes, he don't want to go dancing. No. He just wants to hang out at home and chill out he and work. Wants, yes. He just wants to work. He's a workaholic. And she's like, I'm going to go off to this dance. Right. I don't care if you're coming. He's like, fine. She goes off, gets stressed, and leaves. And he keeps working for a little bit. And he stands and looks at the door for a while and goes... <laughs> and then gets his coat and goes oh. after her. Much later. Much, much later. Oh, no. Um, Something bad's going to happen. Kind of? Not really. Oh. Um, so he thinks. So he goes there. And man, he goes to this gala. And it's nuts. There's elephants hanging around. There's like elephants There's walking around. There's fucking elephants? People around elephants. Oh. That's like, no. You know what? That guy's. That doctor's right. He, he That place was worth seeing. It's like the Bratz movie. How? Because the main lady on her Sweet 16 is riding an elephant. I don't remember that part. <laughs> the only movie I remember watching an elephant in it is Love Guru. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. So this movie also has a relation to the Love Guru. Yeah. Were there two elephants banging? No. Thank goodness. Not yet. Probably, you know, they probably weren't drunk enough. Probably they didn't go that far. Thank they left beforehand. So he sees Alma there having a great time. This place is crowded. There's tons of people everywhere. And everyone's like, boom, happy New Year's. And everyone's getting a kiss, except for him. He's standing next to a couple that are kissing. Oh. And he's looking out in the crowd like, what have I done? I'm alone. Mm -hmm. um, but he can't kiss anyone because he's an asshole. Right. So then he goes and spots her in the crowd and tries to find her. And um, she's kind of mad that he's there. And he's just silently just grabs her and is like, we're going. He doesn't even say we're going. He just leaves. What the fuck? I know. He's being an asshole. Okay. Um, <laughs> he so that's the thing. Is for me, it's interesting where you come in and you're like, "Oh, he's such a nice guy. He's so sweet," and like he plays off all the stuff. And now I'm seeing him. He's kind of being a dick. 
It's kind yeah, of a dick. Yeah, he very much sounds like one. He's not he's not being as charming and fun as he used to be. Yeah. He needs to calm down, which is something that um she said before he poisoned her or she poisoned him. He says he needs to calm down. He needs to take a step back. Yes. So he's getting that way again. He's he's getting crazy. So um she's like I'm going to poison him again. Yeah. So then um what's so Woodcock asks, where's Henrietta Harding? Do you know her? No, I do. Okay. Well, uh, ask the sister. And she says she went with another house. Another sewing house, I assume. That's what that means. And he's, just, he's like, why? And he's, she says, because some people just want something fashionable and chic. And he gets mad. And he's like, he's like, it just doesn't, I didn't, why didn't you tell me this? And she says, it didn't concern me. And he's, I didn't think it would concern you. He says, of course it concerns me. It hurts my feelings. Oh. And I'm like, oh, man. He says, I hate that word chic. What does it even mean? <laughs> I thought about it. I'm like, yeah. What does chic mean? It's the same thing as saying fashionable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it has a separate It has a separate meaning? meaning, kind of? Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. I ain't about that, that life. Is, that is clown couture. <laughs> <laughs> clown couture? <laughs> Like a clown? It's a reference to brats, you idiot. <laughs> Referencing Listen, brats. all I know is love good reference. <laughs> you didn't even see that whole movie. <sighs> I have. <laughs> anyway. Some people call me a space cowboy. I stop. Yeah. I am gonna fucking strangle you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a Venus. That's the scariest face I've ever seen Mike make. <laughs> I lost it. I saw red for a that second. That was scary. <laughs> I hate that fucking okay. song. Anyway. So now Mr. Ren- Reynolds. I don't want to keep calling Mr. Reynolds. <laughs> You've never called anyone Mr. on this show before. I called him Mr. Woodcock, but now I feel like calling him Mr. Reynolds. Mr. Reynolds, go ahead. He's go always a Mr. to me. Um, so Reynolds is like, I made a terrible mistake. What was his this mistake? This lady has been taking, turning this whole bloody place upside down and turning it against everyone. What? Alma? Alma. What? And she doesn't belong in this house. And when he said that, Alma walked right in the door behind him. Oh, my God. And then and he's like, she's right behind me, isn't <laughs> she? And then Cheryl's like, <laughs> and then Reynolds turns around and he goes, oops. <laughs> Man, you could have directed this movie. I did. <laughs> and uh, he says right in front of her, he says, there is an air of quiet death in this house. And he doesn't like the way it smells. Whoa. I wonder if it's becoming it's like routine again sort of thing or something like that or mm. something that never changes. Maybe he's saying he hasn't changed. Maybe. So then... Alma's out picking mushrooms again. Oh, there she is. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure this time she just put a thimble in. Mm, she made the more. whole food that bad mushroom dough. Oh. She's making a mushroom dish with a little bit of that, that bad mushroom. <laughs> that poison mushroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, she makes the food. It's very quiet. It's mm-hmm. a very long, drawn-out scene of her making the food. And he's sitting in the corner while she's making it, working. And she puts the food in front of him, and he puts his, his work down. And he looks at the food, and she sits across from him. Kind of the same way we are, actually literally the same way we're sitting across from each other. Oh, really? You're at the head of the table, and she's on the side. Right, right, right. And he, and she doesn't have food so for So I am Reynolds, yeah. and you are Oma. Exactly. Okay, cool. And I look at you, uh-huh. and I don't have food in front of me. Right. I have food in front of me. I'm going to move. I got a little popcorn bowl. You got this little popcorn boy. So you put the bowl in front of me. There we go. And you're looking at it. Mm, this looks great. Yeah. Except you're kind of like, hmm. Mm, I don't know if I trust this. I don't this. know if I trust this for some reason. I don't trust this popcorn. So... Yeah. He looks at it. He kind of plays around with it with a spoon. Kind of looks at it. Yep, there you go. Get that foley in there, that popcorn <laughs> foley. It's soup, so it doesn't make any sound anyway. 
Except for like maybe the spoon hitting the ceramic. Right, right. Okay. It's very ASMR. Give me that good. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that's basically it. There you go. I got that good Foley in there. Thank you. Um, and then he pulls up a little bit to his face and smells it. Yep, basically just like that. As animalistic as that. Just. You've been hanging out with your dog too much. A little just, bit. No, like that's how he. That's how everyone smells things. He smells it a little bit. <laughs> okay. And uh, mm-hmm. looks at her right now. She's just staring at him. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, this scene is creepy, creepy, and wonderful. <laughs> and is it really wonderful? It's it's like it just has that like you know in there will be blood where something you know something bad is gonna happen mm-hmm. and you're just kind of wondering what and like yeah. if it'll happen. It's very but tense. they have that music that's like. This is completely silent. Oh yeah, and it just has, but you have that tension just by like the way it's the shot. sound design. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. which is amazing. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then what? Happens? He goes and he smells it, and then he eats it, and then shake its freaky mic. Shake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. My ASMR is killed. Any any trace of it. All right, so he eats it. So he swallows it and Ooh. doesn't like he say, he kind of has it in his mouth for a while, kind of like <laughs> God. There's no way you can do that sound effect. There's no sound. There's no sound. There's no sound. And he sits there and then he swallows it and then Ooh. she immediately goes, "I want you flat on your back, helpless and tender for only me to help." Oh my God. Then I want you strong again. You're not going to die. But you wish you were. You need to settle down a little bit. And he looks glum. He just sits there. (laughs) What? The word glum for this. It is the perfect description of how he looks. Okay. Because he looks kind of scared. But also mad. Oh, okay. And kind of like, just like, fuck. (laughs) Not again. Not again. But then he says... Kiss me, my girl, before I'm sick. And then he smiles. He likes it. (laughs) He's into it. Yeah, of course. (laughs) And he says, he's on the toilet. He's like, I'm going to throw up soon. He's on the toilet? (laughs) Well, he's not like pooping. He's just sitting on the toilet. (laughs) I was imagining, cut, he's just sitting on the toilet. (laughs) It's just a scene from Bridesmaids. (laughs) It's hot lava from my ass, Alma. (laughs) He shits in the street. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, no. No. And good. he says, you should call it. You should tell. F- I trust you, but you should call phone that boy doctor just in case. <laughs> and uh, that just changes everything. Yeah. Because what? What? <laughs> <laughs> and um, in a monologue now, she's explaining. She says, you know, I will make you well again. And, you know, if you don't wake up, you'll be waiting for me in the next life. Whoa, Jesus I'm Christ. Like, this thing went to zero to 60 in like <laughs> yeah, a second. This took off. This took off. Yeah. And then she says, you know, I'm imagining the future to be in love. Flying cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jetpacks. <laughs> Trump's president. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> Poisonous restrooms you get off Amazon. <laughs> Love it. She got two out of four. That's not bad. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, she says, to be in love makes life no great mystery. I imagine the future will have kids, 
we'll dance at the New Year's ball. And there's all these scenes of them doing all this. Mm-hmm. And everything is wonderful and great. And I hope, you know, when I'm older, I'll finally understand you. Oh. And now we realize it's the scene at the fireplace. And she's, she's talking been to him. It, to him? Who? Him. Who's him? The Reynolds. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's been another guy. Wait, what? In my in my flash forwards or whatever, it's another dude. Reynolds is in the other room. <laughs> no. Yes. It's not Reynolds she's talking to. Okay, well, something's different in my half then. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's him. Okay, so what does she say to him? Wait. <laughs> what? Does that mean yours isn't a flash forward? I think mine is a flash forward because she's talking about Reynolds. The movie opens talking about Reynolds. I'm very confused. Now. Tell me, tell me your half. Maybe we'll okay. We gotta, look, we gotta maybe look this up. We're gonna figure this out because this is too fucking confusing. Anyway, we're gonna figure this out. He I says, like, "Wonderful," and I hope you understand now that you're older. It has to be. She's talking about him, so he's talking about him to him. Two Reynolds. Yeah. Okay. Well, what happened next? Is this the end of the movie? She says, "He says, I hope you understand me too." But right now, right here, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> oh, that's it. Yep. That's it. Yep. He says, "Right now, I'm getting hungry." Whoa. So I don't give a shit about the future. I want to. I want to eat. I want to eat. And maybe it poisoned at the same time. Because now I'm into that. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well. I got to look up the end to see if that is confirmed. Please tell me what you think. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that the guy that she's talking to must be like the doctor that I just never saw. Because that must have been an only in your half. You know? Maybe. Like the doctor came over. She's like. Look, Reynolds is always sick like this. Maybe he's like check, checking in on Reynolds because it's like, why is he fucking sick so often? Um, yeah, I'm thinking maybe that's who it is. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what I'm thinking. So Reynolds is just cool with getting poisoned now. That's just like his thing. He's into it. No, I mean, I guess it's a good move. Like it's a good move. It immediately makes him like sick and like calm and shit. Um. So yeah, there. you know, it doesn't say at the end. It says as he lies sick, but all imagines their future. With children, a social rich life, and her running the dressmaking business as a partner, she acknowledges that while there may be challenges ahead, their love for each other and their new arrangement can overcome them. Okay. Which is exactly what happens. So I'm 90% sure she's talking to him. Let's see what the beginning says. Okay. Uh, you know, it probably doesn't. It's the thing. It's a Wikipedia plot. So it's going to go to the plot, not like the little details like that. Right, 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 right. Hmm. I wonder who. Are you? Hmm. <laughs> well, there you go. I don't know. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm right here. I'm thinking. I'm right here. You might be right, but I, I gar- I'm 99 sure, 90 sure at the end. It's I him. just know for sure there's one scene when she's by the fireplace. Also, why would she open up saying, "Man, Reynolds was like a crazy guy, and I gave everything I wanted to him." Clearly, she's not talking to Reynolds. Then you know. But then at the end, she totally is. No, I know. So I'm thinking maybe she's just talking to some other guy in those in those scenes that I don't know. You must know. Um, but you just it's not, it's not revealed who she's talking to at the end of your thing. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Huh. So, uh, yeah. What'd you think, Mike? What'd it's, you think about that ending? Oh, it's interesting. I yeah, exactly. That's one of those things where I came out and I was like, I don't... Hmm. I don't know how I feel. So like here's that, my but... thoughts about the ending, Go even ahead. though not knowing the beginning half, the part that he was a nice boy. <laughs> he was a good, good boy. I thought in some weird way, mm-hmm. which kind of... I don't know if this kind of undermines it. Mm. But I thought like it's sort of those things where it's like, you always do so much for me, sort of things. Mm. But now I'm trying to do something for you, and I want to be in control. Right, 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 right. And 
because you're always in control of everything. You have all these particular needs. You have to have this food a particular way. Right. But now I need it where you have no control over that. Right. And I need to have control over you because mm-hmm. you're helpless and you'll take anything <clears throat> I give you. Right. And that's sort of like why he needs to calm down. Because right. he can't be his kind of picky self. He can't be the part where he's like, you know, I want my thing with oil and salt instead of butter. He doesn't give a shit. He needs to survive. He's almost dead. Right, right, right. You know? He needs to and feel I, that again. And I think, and I don't know why he likes it, though. That's the one thing I haven't been really able to figure out, because I was hoping to try to figure that out beforehand, like what part of his character about why he'd be so accepting of this. Because I get mm-hmm. why Alma likes it, but why is he into it? Like, that's right. the part that I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out, too, because there is a great part that kind of foreshadows this early on when he says, like, if I were to get married, I would be a weak person. Mm. Like, I would have to give something up about so myself. So maybe that's... So, yeah, that might be it. And, and then this is like a compromise sort of thing. This must like, be, but it is a very... The only way I'm being... The only way I'm weak is if I'm literally poisoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's... and Well, that's the only way I can do that without going through the... Because str- it seems like the only reason he's weak before is because he's, like, finished with a project. Yeah. And maybe I, he needs something else. He needs, like, a med- he needs medication to get there. Yeah. And that medication is poisoned mushrooms. Yep. He just put it make himself weak because I think he's just, you know, a, um, you know, he's kind of like a weird, toxic masculinity man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, he's kind of like, I need to be manly. I can't be weak. I can't show any sort of like this sort of thing. I'm mm. not going dancing. That's lame. Right. Sort of thing. Well, this is the ultimate toxic relationship. Totally. But it's literally toxic. But they, but they're both getting something out of it. And I guess that's what I find interesting about it. Is it's like when you see people who are in an unhappy, toxic relationship, you're like, why don't you get out? And it's like, this is to us. It's like, why is he in this relationship? He's getting poisoned by this creep. And why, why is she, she in this relationship? She doesn't like it or like he's treats her like shit. But to them, like seeing them together, they're clearly happy. He's clearly happy about this. It's super weird, though. I know, but it is weird to us when we it see is people. Weird. It is weird. It's like, why don't you leave them? And why like, not? But it's like, and I they think... they almost can't explain it. And the thing is, is like, I think we're... You know what? I think we're blessed. Because we just don't know what that's like. No. <laughs> we don't. But I bet there's people out there who are in, like, really shitty, toxic relationships watching this movie and going, yeah, I kind of get this. And also, it's one of those things where maybe they do. Maybe they realize how toxic their relationship is because they look at it and go, wow, this is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. But... When you're in that situation, it's you're just kind of trying to wrestle with these feelings yeah. and make them feel com- make yourself feel comfortable and getting what you want out of each other, where you're sucking each other dry. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, emotionally, and um, it makes you drained, and it's not healthy. No, but you can't see that because you're still getting what you want. You know, you're grasping onto that thing because you don't want to be alone. Right, right, right. And mm-hmm. I, I think there's another thing too, very much of like he's such like the toxic masculine man seeing someone finally overtake him and like being dominant to him is like maybe relieving because he has that mentality she's the only person who's really been able to do this like actually rein him in Mm -hmm. and she just does it using poisoned mushrooms yeah yeah i don't know i don't know that's a pretty good like first analysis yeah i think think that's a good i definitely couldn't piece this all together like i said i couldn't piece this all together until i i literally went through my notes yeah and kind of arranged things out and like wrote down who people were and the connections and all stuff. And I was like, okay, I kind of get it. Kind of. I, I need to figure out how this all plays into him making clothes. Because obviously oh, yeah. the you name know, of the movie It almost is, seems like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, the name of the movie is Phantom Thread. Maybe because, remember how it said, not cursed, 
Mm. It's something to do with like the Never fact occurs. that you sew these kind of things behind people and no one really knows or into clothes and no mm. one really knows what they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Until you literally cut that open yeah. and ruin it. Yeah. And then you see the, the stuff that's inside them. Mm. And that is the phantom thread. So they discovered each other's phantom thread. That They're literally each phantom thread. The only, yeah, and the only way they could know that is by literally almost dying because yeah. someone poisoned them. And it was weird that she knew because she did a specific amount the first time right. to poison him and not kill him. Right. So that's why she said, I want him to settle down. It's like, that's such a, you know, literally toxic way to do that. Here is another thing. That's one of those desperate, crazy, crazy people things that people do to stay in a relationship or like make themselves happy. Here's another thing to consider. Last time he got poisoned, he <laughs> saw his mom yep. and fell in love with Ulma all over again, right? Yeah. Clearly, these mushrooms are not just poisoning him. They are like giving him like, oh, like he kind of just had a really he had a really high fever. So if you have a high fever, you can hallucinate off that too. I so. think he's well. I think I think it's a bit Could of a that. Combination that. I think it's yeah. Like he's he's become accustomed and maybe even cherishing these moments of like non lucidity. Like he's cherishing these moments of like going through like he weird. He doesn't have to think. He doesn't have to work. He doesn't. Yeah, That's it's exactly what it is. And then when he wakes up. He's right back there. He's got all that energy again, and he's raring to go. He could just smoke some weed, man. He probably could. (laughs) (laughs) Just chill out that way. He doesn't have to, like, almost die. I don't know. And I think the other thing, too, is, I mean, I think this, I don't know, might be a very personal movie for Mr. Paul Thomas Anderson. Maybe this is how he feels about his his, uh, his making creative works. Maybe. Is this based off any true events? I don't think it is, right? I don't know. I don't think it's kind of like, I think it's kind of like, I think it's kind of like the. There will be blood. Where it's like, this is a real thing that happened. Right. Blah. There were people like Daniel Plainview. Yeah, but there was... they weren't probably this exact story. No, no, no. But yeah, it's like an amalgamation of like actual history. I know Paul Thomas Anderson does a lot of reading, and you know, like he reads, reads a lot, reads all books, he scripts. Like, like, yeah, <laughs> <He> fucking asshole. <laughs> he reads a lot about the time period and yeah, like yeah. the people in it. That's all research, right? Exactly. So um, yeah, um, but yeah, I I liked it. I liked it. I want to sit with it. A I, little yeah, more I think it. I liked it too. But it's definitely one. One of those sitting, thinking type movies where you kind of watch, you know, huh? I when we watched this movie in the theater, there was like maybe five, six people in the theater. There was like three, dude, and I was like, these people are gonna be bored out of their mind, like because like, they're all I, teenagers. That's the thing is they're younger. Yeah, it's one of those things where on a Wednesday evening, on a Wednesday evening, yeah, it's only people who can watch this movie late at night or put themselves through it willingly. Yeah. Um, you know, and you got that movie pass, so you're gonna go freaking go watch Phantom. Th- <laughs> and it was like a lot of like guys and girls, so I'd imagine it's like, hey, you want to go watch Phantom Thread tonight on Wednesday evening? And like, t- what was it at like? 10? I think that's the thing. Is like, I think it's weird with the movie pass. You just kind of like, if you have the time, Might and you're as like well. a, in a college, yeah, and you're like, I we need a date, but we don't want to like sit inside and like see a movie. Oh, you, you think know? people made out during Phantom Thread? No, I didn't say they made out. I just said they probably went on and did something. Oh there. yeah. And plus, it was very dark. Maybe they did make out. Maybe they did. Uh, because those seats are very comfy. Reclined. They were very comfortable. Yeah, they were great this the theater was really nice. I want to go there again. Yeah. But uh, yeah, movie in general, I liked it. I don't know if it's the best. I movie. liked it. it was I'm, my favorite movie of the year, but I enjoyed it. I a definitely lot. think it's. That makes again, even talking about it with you, it makes you feel like this is one of those movies they're like, like Darkest Hour. Like, well, kind of, kind of put this on there. We don't think it's gonna win, but it's kind of one of those like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is hashtag Oscar movie. Kind of, we kind of have to like. We know a lot of people in it. We kind of got to put it up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, it's good. It's, it's not bad. And it'll probably be the last performance. You know. Yeah, it's kind of a monumental thing. I don't think it'll win anything. I don't know. I don't think it will. I don't think it'll win a single thing. Do you think that? Uh, it's just not Dan- Do you think Daniel Day Lewis should get a, a, a win for this? No, I think like 
I still looked at him and was like, that's Daniel Day-Lewis mm. at certain points. Really? Yeah. Like, I mean, he's great at it. And oh, yeah, he, de- he, he definitely is very good in the role, but it wasn't like... It wasn't, as, it wasn't like, like Darkest Hour where it's like, I literally forgot I was looking at... You need to stop bringing that up because as, as good as he is, he isn't fucking 400 pounds of makeup. Like, don't yeah. act like that's transformative. He's tr- he wears that makeup well. He, yeah, because it's makeup. Like, <laughs> the fact that you don't recognize him is because he's in makeup. I don't the- understand that. Like, <laughs> I don't understand your argument. <laughs> He literally has makeup on because yeah. he's with Trussell and he's got to look like a baby. You can't literally transform to a baby that's a power of makeup. That's true. But saying that the actor is I mean, look, that's what I'm saying. Brad Pitt was robbed in Benjamin Button because he, <laughs> he was like turned into a little man, a little old man. That shit, you need to You need to get an award if I don't recognize you in a film. That's exactly. Which, by the way, for Ethan, is like just putting a wig on. Hey. You got me. You're right. But uh, hey, yeah. he put a, he has some hair stuff done, and I recognized <laughs> him, Danny Lewis. You can't escape me. You can't escape me, motherfucker. I've got your number. For you, Danny. <laughs> hey, but, man. Uh, he was still really good, Darkest Hour. He was. Daniel Day Lewis was great, Darkest Hour. No. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, that yeah. guy's name, I can't remember. Because <laughs> he disappeared into the role. Yeah, that's right, he did. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman did a great job in Darkest yeah. Hour. Um, but yeah, uh, should people watch this movie? Hmm. If you're a fan of Daniel Day-Lewis and Paul Thomas Anderson, probably yeah. And if you're old, definitely check old. it out. But if you're just looking for, there's a lot of other movies that I think are better. Oh yeah, this year, yeah. Get out. I think Lady Bird was better. I did like Lady Bird a lot more than this. I think. Um, what was the other movie we watched? What was the last movie? Call Me on Your Name is better. Call Me on Your I Name is really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. They check those movies out. But check this one out if you three got billboards. The time. Did, you, did you like that better? You I saw that? I enjoyed that. Yeah. Okay. Right, we'll we'll have to go back and look at them all at the end of the month. Uh, which we're getting very close to the end. Yeah, we're getting very close to the end. Is la- next next week is our last film. We'll be about done. We'll be about done. Yep. That will be all we'll be doing. It'll be all done right then, which yep. will be great. Be uh, so good. If you guys want, you know what? If you guys want to guess what movie we'll be watching next, post week, it on our Facebook. Go to our Facebook or Twitter or email us at email at com and let us know what you think we'll be watching next week when we're all done. And then, uh, if you want to listen to our previous episodes, um, you can check them out on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. And while you're there, leave a five-star reading review. We will read it on the show no matter what it says, even if it is like a long order for a very specific kind of food, including poisoned mushrooms. Mm. We'll do it. We'll read it. I don't care. Oh, uh, well, that's fine. You can read about poison mushrooms. It's probably good to know. Is that way you're not out forging for mushrooms and eating the wrong one? That's, that's good knowledge. True. Do you know the difference between a poison mushroom and a healthy mushroom? No, that's why there's lo- a healthy mushroom. <laughs> yeah. like, is it like is it like Mario where you eat it and you're like, <laughs> and then you hit the poison one, you go, <laughs> <laughs> healthy mushroom. Um, <laughs> what, what would you prefer over non poisonous mushroom and non toxic? <laughs> Uh, well, mushrooms are healthy. It's it. like, mushrooms uh, are healthy. They're pretty good for you, I guess. Yeah, they're fucking. They're vegetables. <laughs> they're, they're, they're funguses. They're funguses. Are oh. they not vegetables? I think. So. I think they count. I think they're vegetables. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs>